Well, time now for our ESPN Roundtable. And this week, happy to welcome in a guy who was one of the inaugural members of the Big Sky Conference's Hall of Fame induction class, an All-American and Walter Payton Award-winning quarterback at the University of Idaho during the Vandals' initial stint in the Big Sky Conference. John Fries joins us now. And uh, the entry point here... Idaho at Montana on Saturday afternoon. John, thanks so much for being with us, man. First of all, give people an update. Where are you in the world? What's been going on with you lately? Yeah, thanks, Coulter. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> well, I live in uh, Coeur d'Alene. That's uh, where I went to high school. I was actually born in Missoula, uh, but I've, I've lived in Coeur d'Alene most of my life, and I'm back here. I've got a, a wife and three boys that are all grown uh, on their own, and um I do uh, some different stuff, uh, not so much punch the clock things, but I uh, I have a commercial property that I manage and um, kind of tool around a little bit with some recreational properties, kind of a, a fun niche to find a, a piece of property that's essentially unbuildable and turned into a spot that somebody wants to um, purchase and enjoy and a little bit of camping type situation, but um, it's kind of fun to see something that's considered useless and turned into something kind of fun. Well, great place to be. Coeur d'Alene, one of my favorite places in the world. I love that town, and uh, I know it's growing big time, but uh, certainly a great place to call home. I remember that you had been born in Missoula. How old were you when you moved to Coeur d'Alene? Well, <clears throat> I was a, I'm going to guess that I was about five, and we actually moved to the Bay Area for a few years um, before I moved to Coeur d'Alene. We moved back into Missoula when I was a second grader, spent that year, and then I moved to Coeur d'Alene as a third grader and haven't left since. Wow, okay, cool. Well, a lot of Northwestern ties for sure. Uh, take us back to your, your days then at Coeur d'Alene High School then. Uh, what was the initial draw to the University of Idaho? Because I think studying Idaho football back then, so interesting because you have so much crossover, so many ties uh, to Montana. I mean, particularly Dennis Erickson uh, being the uh, the former Montana State quarterback who was the head coach there at Idaho for a little while. And also just some of the innovative stuff Idaho was doing. And uh, it just seemed like it, it was a, a hot spot in, in college football in the Northwest. What do you remember about the draw to Moscow for you from Coeur d'Alene when you were coming out of high school? Yeah, I could I could talk about this quite a while, but it's funny in a nutshell was that nobody else wanted me. Um, I was I was definitely a late bloomer uh, with football. I played three sports, so I didn't um, you know commit to that one as a young man or as a high school player. It was just sort of what happened next in the calendar year, and so I played it. Um, Coeur d'Alene was a really good football program and there were some really good quarterbacks in front of me. Um, so I only got to start my senior year and that was probably barely, but, um, I went to a football camp that summer prior to my senior year, uh, at the university of Idaho. And I think that that camp, um, really was the number one reason why I, I was offered a scholarship to go to Idaho. Um, coach Erickson was able to see me in person and I talk a lot about this when I speak or when I talk to my kids raising, uh, growing um, as they raise. Um, but, you know, how you look in the person's eye, how you give them a handshake, how you pay attention, all of those things I learned pretty on, pretty early on. And I think that that was probably one of the things that was recognizable to coach. Um, he saw that I had good size and that I was raw and that, you know, that there was potential for an upside, especially since I hadn't played the position of the sport, you know, consistently. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I was really lucky. Idaho's program was starting to get going under Coach Erickson. It had been for three or four years, and everybody was excited. And I was just super thankful for the opportunity. Um, 
and and it just the story just kind of continues when i when i got there i was fifth string and definitely an afterthought i was starting to wonder am i you know not where i should be my should i be trying to do something else in a different sport or or what and and uh, the ball you know i i uh took advantage of situations i i had success when i had an opportunity and um and I, you know, it's not the rest is history type story, but just kind of kept inching along, busting rocks, and eventually got some playing time, and, and we continue to have success. John Fries joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. John, the first Walter Payton Award winner out of the Big Sky Conference during his time as a quarterback at the University of Idaho in the late 1980s. The Idaho Vandals play at Montana on Saturday. And, uh, John, I think it's so interesting, too, just sort of the quarterback lineage at that time at Idaho, too. I mean, you had the Kamiak kid in uh, Ken Hobar, and then you had uh, Scott Linehan, I believe, was right ahead of you as well, who then went on to have great success in the NFL. And then yourself, and then after that, Doug Nussmeyer also had great success, too. What about Idaho during the time? I mean, was it the coaching? Was it the venue? Was it the just the tradition of, of great quarterback development what was helping all you guys uh, become so good at, at the position well our teammates were really good and and um you know played a huge role with that i had great linemen great receivers etc um but a lot of people have that a lot of programs have that um what separated us was the coaching coach erickson came in with a very innovative one back offense with um three wide outs a tight end um you know a running back that could receive we'd motion him out of the backfield we were empty and a lot of that was new to college football it's very common now um and i think montana by the way i it seemed like they were one of the first times where or teams that i saw five wide outs and yeah so they were they were innovative as well and that was that was sometime in the 80s but um you know coach erickson just taught us so much and and put defenses in such a situation that if we did as a collective offensive group if we did what we were told to do and taught to do that that we statistically would have an advantage we would have somewhere on the field by our formation or our movement or our personnel matchups we were dictating to the defense what was about to happen instead of the defense doing stuff and then and then the offense trying to react to that and uh and then it was just carried on at right after he left i was only with coach erickson just one season my red shirt fall and then he started his travels to wyoming and washington state and eventually won a, a national title at miami even before well that was my senior year that he did that so his travels were pretty quick um, um, but when he left, Coach Gilbertson uh, con- stayed a- in our program. He was an uh, offensive coordinator my first year, and uh, and then he was my head coach for three. And he just continued to to grow on what Coach Erickson put in and put his own flavor into it. Put his own flavor into. Um, coaching he was the most fun coach that I'd ever had and and I think that then allowed him to be a great recruiter we recruited the Northwest really well we got some kids a lot of kids that that were able to go to Pac-10 at that time schools and and he was able to convince them to come to Idaho and not only you know continue with the good tradition but take it to another level when you when you hearken back to those days, I, I think it's also interesting to, to analyze the the arcs of different programs and the way that the Big Sky evolved because the Big Sky became a conference 1963, and then uh, the 1AA division, as it were back then, was created in 1978, and then you had a lot of Big Sky conference teams rise up pretty quickly. I know Boise State won the national title in 1980, Idaho State got one there uh, in 82, and then when Coach Erickson came in, and then that next 10 years or so, then it was kind of Idaho that was the team to beat uh, in the Big 
Big Sky Conference. What, what do you remember kind of about that rise and, and your role in that rise? I mean, how was Idaho sort of able to, to rise up and, and become, you know, a perennial conference contender? I think Vandals won five conference titles in 10 years between 82 and 92. Yeah, well, I was just a just a part of it. So, you know, I'll start with that. Um, but as as far as as far as the uh, the conference and how we compared nationally, we were um, you know like I told you just now with our offense, how we were spreading it out, and then how Montana did it and and taught a lot of people. The entire conference was sort of uh, pass friendly. There were several domes, um, which helps throwing the ball. Um, we just kind of kept learning from each other. An offense, I think, would create something, and and then you you put your tweak on it and make it your own and and so yards and stats and passing continued to just get better each year. Um, you know, after I, it was just a complete progression, just specifically at Idaho and what Ken Hobart did and Linehan did and then I did. And then like you referred to Doug Nussmeyer, he broke all those records. Um, and so it just kept getting better. And then we were competing against other conferences, um, nationally during the playoffs and, uh, sort of like I, I feel like how Idaho started it, um, being able to dictate to other teams' uh, defenses what was going to happen. Any of us conference teams that were p- facing other people nationally at, were at a huge advantage. These other schools couldn't couldn't line up versus some of our coverage um, formations and movements. And Boise State took advantage of it with a national title, uh, title. Idaho State did the same like you referred to. And those things just continue to make that Big Sky Conference really good and really powerful, um, not just with one team, but there was always four or five that, that had the ability to make a run for a national title. John Fries, former Idaho quarterback, joining us here on Nuanas Now, the University of Idaho at Montana on Saturday. Uh, and, John, let's talk about the rivalry. I mean, do you remember uh, matchups against the Grizzlies? And if so, uh, what was the magnitude of it back then? I know Idaho uh, in a higher spot in, in the national standing at that exact moment in time, but the Grizzlies were building, they were coming. And then by that 89 year, your senior year, when you won the Peyton, uh, Montana very good that year as well. I think they went to the Final Four uh, in the playoffs, too. So, what do you sort of remember about the rivalry with the Grizzlies from your playing days? Uh, well, very good. I mean, it was a very good rivalry. It was definitely the top two uh, uh, games on our schedule every year. Boise State was, you know, in-state rival and um, always our last game of the season, sort of like Montana, Montana State thing. You have to win that game. But Montana was the other team that, that always gave us fit. Um, they were the first team that we ever played when on ESPN, which was pretty cool uh, for a small school uh, to be able to do that back then because there weren't you know, five different ESPN channels like there is now, or however right. many that number is. Um, but uh, yeah, huge rivalry. I remember uh, having a lot of fun with Tim Houck. Um, we were the same age and and uh, uh, were teammates in the NFL for a while and a, a great person. So there was a little bit of banter, you know, then um, playing against each other because he was so good. And, and then especially, you know, talking about, you know, of course, my memory, right, of, of those games and how I beat him is a lot different than, than his uh, recollection, recollection of it. Um, but, you know, one of my worst games was at Montana. I threw four interceptions, I believe. I threw the the knockoff play just at the very end of the game interception for a return that, that cost us. So I have, you know, just a horrible memory of that game. And, and it was especially bad because it's, you know, where I'm from. I, have a, I had a lot of, and still do, a lot of cousins, aunts, uncles, my grandma. You know, they were all at the game and, and I'm supposed to, show them how good Idaho football is and that was the reason that we lost um 
Montana is was and is just a great college venue. I went to the game two years ago against Idaho, and I mean it's awesome. It's you know everything before the game with the fans and the tailgating, uh, filling the stadium, cheering when you're supposed to. Very passionate about the Grizzlies, and it's a fun place to play. Um, we we always you know as athletes you always want to play in that environment. So you know I'm I'm happy that the Idaho Vandals get to come in and compete against a great team and a great environment. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. If you're not going to the game on Saturday, go check out Paradise Falls. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, and breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials all day long. John Freeze joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. And so it sounds like, John, that you, you still follow your alma mater. Sounds like you, you even came to a game here in Missoula. So um, what have you thought of Idaho uh, these last couple of years? First of all, I guess, what was your perspective when Idaho came back to the Big Sky Conference? To me, it seems like uh, the proper fit, you know, regionally and just in its historic rivalry. But what say you? What do you think of the Vandals being back in the big sky? Yeah, I, I didn't like it when they left. I felt like uh, we were trying to follow Boise State. You know, we had had a lot of success against Boise State. We beat them a dozen years in a row. And and so when they left, we felt that we could do the same. But college football, it's tied so much to money and TV. And, and we just didn't have the, the financial means to compete um, versus all the big schools. So it was a mistake for a long time. Um, you know, playing in a conference that, like you said, regionally, we were playing teams that people didn't even know that that was, they had a football program or that it was a school. It was silly. So I was re- really happy to see them get back in the big sky. I think that, um, you know, the the product that, that we sell is is exactly what the Northwest needs. We have a lot of alumni in the, in the Northwest, in Seattle and Portland and Spokane. There's, a, there's just a lot of interest. And so, I uh, feel good about that. I think our facilities are second to none when, when you compare us to all the current uh, Big Sky Conference football uh, teams. You know, we have a great, great dome practice facility, all of that. And now it gives us that opportunity to recruit that kid that uh, we can put on the field and with some good coaching and time, you know, we can compete against anybody in our conference. What do you think of uh, the the new regime then? Uh, Jason Eck definitely sh- uh, shot in the arm for Idaho. You can definitely tell, you know, as I sit here in Missoula and a guy that travels around between Bozeman, Missoula, Cheney, Moscow quite a bit covering the whole Big Sky Conference for our endeavor at Skyline Sports. You can tell there's a lot of enthusiasm uh, around Idaho football and, and sort of a renewed energy with a new coaching staff. What's your perspective on Jason Eck? Have you got a chance to meet him? And if so, what do you think? I have. I, I, I have met him, um, and he did a great job. He was talking to some alumni at a, at a pretty big, big event in August during training camp. He uh, made a trip up to Coeur d'Alene to see everybody, and I was I was really impressed. He was uh, genuine. He was fun. He was able to tie into what had happened earlier in that event to you know make it funny, which good speakers and good leaders are able to do. I think that you know, you talk a lot about culture. When you talk about teams, it's a, a big buzzword. Um, but he, he changed the culture to be something that was um, not as fun to something that's now very fun. And and it's sort of how I talked about Coach Gil- Gilbertson. Those years, you know, um, with a coach making it fun, it's a little easier to work hard. Uh, it's a little easier to bleed the program as opposed to if you're sort of, um, you know, bucking heads with people. You know, you know, you don't get as much out of out of somebody, whether you're a businessman or woman or or a coach. You, you need to 
you know, read your athlete. There's some athletes that do need a lot of tough love. There are a lot of athletes that don't respond to that. You know, if I threw an interception, I probably knew why. I don't need to have a, a coach come over and, and berate me because of something that I made did wrong. Let's instead talk about how I make it right or how we learn from it and how we go. Don't Let's not talk about the past. And I think that Jason does a really good job of that, of, of uh, okay, last week was whatever, a win or loss, doesn't matter. How do we focus on this next game? And he's doing a really nice job of that. The, the alumni are really excited and thankful to have him. He was a great guy. I got to know him a little bit when he was at Montana State back in 2015 and then followed him and interviewed him a couple times, had him on our uh, Big Sky Breakdown podcast a couple times when he's at South Dakota State. And I think that uh, he's got a great vision, I think, but he also is a good leader. I think he, he'll be a, a great a shot in the arm in terms of enthusiasm and positivity there uh, for the Idaho Vandals. John Fries, one of the all-time greatest Vandals, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, the first Walter Payton award-winning quarterback from the Big Sky Conference when he won the award back in 1989 and part of the Big Sky Conference's inaugural Hall of Fame class. And, John, we'll get you out of here on this, but thank you so much for taking the time and, and the awesome perspective about the rivalry and, and the University of Idaho. Uh, but what's it like then to watch this thing come full circle? Because these last couple of years, you've had some some awesome moments, whether it was, I guess it was a while ago when you got inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame, but then this inaugural Big Sky Hall of Fame, and you've got your number retired at Idaho. And I know it must be sort of uh, bizarre to have that stuff happen to you personally as, as you being yourself, but what's the experience? been like must be fun for you to be remembered uh, from a place that probably meant a lot to you when you were a younger man yeah it um you know how i talked about right off the bat in our conversation how it started out where i was you know lucky to even have one school want me um uh to then to then be recognized like i have uh has been pretty amazing um you know uh, i talk a lot about my teammates and it's genuine uh, yeah i think it can be lip service a lot of times when people give a credit to their line or their receivers or their coaches but it's it is absolutely 100% true in my situation you know i couldn't run or move in the pocket very well at all i was completely dependent on on my linemen giving me proper protection. Um, when they brought too many that the line couldn't block, uh, just being outnumbered, I was completely dependent on that that receiver being where he needed to be, um, and he was. And the coaches got those pieces in place, everything. And and it it honestly the the easy part for any quarterback that's that's worth anything. If you get a guy that's open and you know that he's going to be open, you can let it go on time and trust that he'll be there and and uh, make a play. It it's easy. It is easy. Um, you know when you're playing, you're throwing on your back and guys are running wrong routes. I don't care if you're if you're good or average or or whatnot as a as a quarterback. You're not going to make plays and you're not going to be recognized. And and so those recognitions, all of them that you talked about, every time it's the it's the first thing that I talk about were my teammates and coaches. And you know I just can't emphasize it enough that it's not lip service. It's it's true. And and each time there has been something like that, you know my linemen, guys that I keep in contact with, they they're the first to joke and acknowledge that they should be going in more than I should. And uh, it's true. It's true. I had a lot of people around me, and and uh, those people you know, are part of the success and they know it. University of Idaho at the University of Montana, Saturday, 1 p.m., Washington Grizzly Stadium, the 88th battle for the Little Brown Stein, a rivalry that spans over 119 years, a historic one to be sure, one of the greatest Idaho quarterbacks, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Big Sky Conference history 
John Fries joining us here on our ESPN Roundtable. Nuanas now. John, great pleasure. Wonderful talking to you. Uh, hopefully it's not the last time, but you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for taking so much time with us here today. Thank you. That was fun. It was fun uh, talking about the past.